Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I am joined, as always, by Robert Brokamp and Diana Yoakum, personal finance experts here at The Motley Fool. Today, we're going to talk about how to vet a charity before you give, and we're going to discuss when maybe it's not such a boneheaded move to raid your retirement before uh-huh. it's time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All this and more on this week's episode of Motley Fool Answers. So here's a fun fact. An artist can steal your Instagram photos, blow them up really big, hang them on the wall of a gallery, call it art, and get really rich off of it. That's so flattering. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's That's a crime, but... Really? This is good enough to sell? It's a flattering crime. (laughs) It is a flattering crime. It's what Richard Prince did. He's an artist, and as part of the Freeze Art Fair in, where else? New York City. He took a bunch of people's Instagram photos, blew them up really big, put them on the wall, and sold them all, except one, I think, for $90,000 each. Didn't ask these people's permission, just took them, put them on the wall. Wow. Uh, I thought that was supposed to be private. Are these people who had like a public Instagram account? So here's where it gets fun and legal. According to Instagram, your photos and videos are yours unless you choose to share them, in which case they are not yours anymore. <laughs> it's it's, it's wow. the people can't unsee that, so everybody's going to talk about so what people they can take it. So oh. I, we don't know yet if the if this artist actually went through the actual legal way of doing this, but there is a legal way to do this where you can actually license the photos mm-hmm. from Facebook because Facebook owns Instagram. So yeah, Instagram says they can sell your photos and grant permission on your behalf. Wow. That makes me concerned as a father with kids who use Instagram. Uh, but I have to admit, looking at Flickr, you can also sort pictures. And I've seen some awesome pictures on Flickr. And it sort of crosses my not to sell it, but I'm like, man, I would love to put that on my wall. Yeah. So when I first saw this, I was like, oh, that's kind of terrifying. But then I was like, wow, I wonder if I could somehow make <laughs> money off of other people's Instagram people pictures. People would love pictures of my daughter. Right? Do you know what the pictures were? Were it up? was uh, most of them were pictures of hot chicks. Um, oh really? Not gonna lie. Selfies? Uh, I don't know if they were necessarily selfies, oh, but it okay. was a lot of of attractive women. Uh, the, I think the only one that didn't sell as part of the VIP event was a picture of two gentlemen. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so broad funny. sell, man. Pretty I women. Guess, pretty women. I guess sell, so. so. Yeah. So lesson here: if you're gonna post something on Instagram, just know that. It's not yours anymore. And someone's going to make money off of it. Natural disaster season is off to a really big start this year, considering what's going on in Oklahoma and Texas. It is so tragic and sad, and it's not going to end because tornado season leads to hurricane season, leads to whatever special hell is in store for Southern California. (laughs) Like It's always something. So as sure as there are natural disasters, there are charities that spring up in varying degrees of awesomeness. And so Diana has some advice on the best places to vet charities before you give. Um, This is particularly important, especially in light of the FTC just cracked down on four cancer charities that were blowing donors' money on extravagant things for the people who worked for the charity. It was awful what they were doing. Yeah, it it is. And... um, this is kind of one of the more heinous crimes that's preying on people's emotions and and um, altruism. So you really do have to protect yourself. And there are 
uh, a lot of ways to get that. I'll get into some of the websites you should go to, but a few red flags to be aware of. Think twice before you're donating based off of a phone call, especially if it's a cold call. You haven't heard of the organization. I know it feels rude to say no, but uh, say, no, you know what? I've, I've, this sounds interesting. I'm going to check it out on my own and see if I want to give. Um, also be wary of individuals who are soliciting donations. So the victims posting on Facebook or Twitter or any social media, because it's a lot harder to check out if that kind of thing is legitimate. And the big one here in this one of the cancer uh, charities in in this this recent case is to watch out for similar sounding names. So uh, the red I, the red boss the, red like that, the American <laughs> red boss <laughs> the fight cancer with two R's at the end or, or something like that. Um, so you want to you want to check out make sure that the charity is legitimate and that you're not confusing it with a uh, with another one. So there are a lot of places that you can go and sh- and find out uh, the details about the legitimacy of these organizations and how the, how the, how they handle their funds. Uh, a few rating sites to check are Give.org, which is part of the Better Business Bureau's Wise Giving Alliance, and this is especially helpful if you want to look into a local charity. CharityNavigator.org is another one that a lot of people have probably heard of. And they get a lot of the information from Form 990. And this IRS Form 990 is quite important because nonprofits with 200000 or more in annual revenue have to file this. And it's got a lot of the good details in there. Like I believe people in the business call it the 990. The, ni- the 990. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, form- I'm being formal. Form 990. <laughs> So it's details of revenue, program costs, assets, expensive, if the group lobbies, if it makes political contributions. And you can also see the names and compensation of the highest paid people in that organization. Speaking of the IRS, they actually have a tool on the IRS website that you can enter the charity and it gives you the tax deductible status of any contributions. So that's very helpful. Mm -hmm. And remember that you have to itemize to actually get the tax break, keep good records and all that fun stuff. Another one is CharityWatch.org, and it digs deep into the accountability. It's got a lot of free information about shenanigans they've dug up on the, in the finances, the chair, in the how charities manage their funds. Two more, GiveWell.org focuses on international charities working on health, nutrition, and poverty alleviation. And MyPhilanthropedia.org gets my award for the best name. Uh, <laughs> It has, this is interesting, it's got experts, thousands thousands of experts that evaluate charities that are in their own specialty. So these are some of the sites that you can go to to check up on a charity before you uh, before you donate your Yeah, don't dollars. be a lazy giver. Right. Do your due diligence. Yeah. Marco Rubio came under fire this week for admitting that he cashed out a retirement account worth nearly $70,000 to cover buying a new fridge, a new air conditioner, and tuitions for his kids. He also said he needed some cash to see him through the 2016 election. My initial reaction, like most reporters, was, what an idiot! That money is sacred! What are you doing? Right? Also, yes, that was my initial reaction. when When you raid your retirement account before... It's time. Before it's time, before you're allowed to. I mean, this is generally not a good idea. Uh, You're going to pay penalties, early withdrawal penalties. 10%. Usually 10%. You're also going to pay income taxes 
on that money. So blam, blam. Mm-hmm. So I think you just you just gave up a good chunk of that money that you've been saving so hard that should stay in the market and compound over time. Right. So CNN did like a little back of the envelope math, and they you know assuming he's in like the thirty three percent tax bracket, assuming a bunch of stuff and penalties and cashing out stuff. Um, they said that he would only have netted about thirty eight thousand from the original sixty eight thousand dollars. That's so, CNN's back of the envelope math. So, yes, it always seems like a bad idea to raid your retirement. So, of course, Robert Brokamp's response was, well, I don't know if I thought about it a little bit more. Blur, blur. I could see some reasons I- why, doing this. why it might not be such a bad idea. So, go on. Why Mr. is it maybe not? Why, why and when is it maybe okay to cash out some of your retirement? And we're accounts? talking about cashing out here and not borrowing from your exactly. 401k, right. just to make that clear. Right, and since it Robert. was an IRA, we're going to talk only about IRAs, because the rules are different for 401ks and 403bs here. Um, so my, I'm not going to pass judgment on Marco Ruby. I don't know his situation, other than saying- Why not? A, we just did. As, <laughs> a, as someone who grew up in Florida, if you need an air conditioner, yes. you need an air conditioner. Yeah. Um, so I watched <laughs> Bloodline, and that, and that show- if nothing else, proved the need for a working air conditioner at all times. Right. Continue. So, one of my sort of financial planning principles is that you, whenever you make a decision, you have to look at the whole household situation. So we don't know his situation, but we do know that he's going to re- receive a pension. Um, and so my main point here is you have to look at everything. There are some people who actually have saved too much for retirement. And getting money out of the IRA may not be such a bad idea. Oh, to there, be one of those people. <laughs> right, right. Well, there are other pensions. Only 10% of people in the private workforce get it. But federal employees, military retirees, 75% of state and local uh, employees, they all get a pension. And often it covers everything they need. So if they're even saving for retirement, they might have a reason to take that out early. There are actually some exceptions to the 10% penalty. Um, if you're using it for qualified higher education expenses, even for your own expenses, your kids' expenses, spouse's expenses. If you are buying, if it's a first-time home purchase, 10000 for you, 10000 for your spouse can come out penalty-free. And it, it first-time means if you haven't owned a home in the previous two years. Um, so that's one way to bypass that if you really need that down payment. Um, there are all kinds of exceptions, medical exceptions, military reserve is exceptions. So it may not be as bad as CNN estimated. Another reason is we don't know if that was a traditional IRA or a Roth. And with a Roth IRA, you can take out the contributions anytime, tax and penalty free, even if you're younger than 59 and a half. Many people, including this person, have written articles about the Roth IRA actually not being a bad idea for an emergency fund. Because you talk about that advice of building up three to six months worth of expenses and putting it in cash, most people end up not needing it. So if you put it in a Roth IRA, it grows. If you need those contributions, not the growth, take them out. You still get to keep that growth. And if you never have an emergency, you save that money. Um, And finally, in terms of the household finances, you might have other things, like I said, but it could be like real estate, um, something that is not easy to sell, uh, high transaction costs. You could take out a loan, but sometimes that takes a long time too. So if you need the money real quick, and get it out of your IRA. Because you're going to be running for president suddenly. Exactly. And schwitzing through this summer. And final little rule, if you take out money from your IRA and put it back in within 60 days, you don't pay the taxes and the penalty. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like taking out a short-term loan 
from yourself. Okay, those were all really good reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my bottom line is is that for most people, no, you shouldn't be tapping your retirement account. Right. So Diana and I were right. <laughs> but I'm Our not going indignation. to. I am not going to judge anybody without knowing their entire situation. And there are times when it makes sense. So there you have it. Robert Brokamp is giving you permission to raid your retirement, assuming you can bypass the penalty. It's in a Roth. Your retirement stash is huge. And he'll even give you a dispensation if you can't access cash through other assets. Is that fair? Very fair. All right. So if this all goes south, you can blame Robert. And Diana and I told you so. (laughs) Too old to work, too young to retire. Script Spelling Bee was last week, so I thought we could have some fun seeing how good of spellers Robert and Diana are. Isn't this fun? Considering you are both editors and have a pretty strong background in English, this will be particularly humiliating (laughs) if you get them wrong. So I just love these games you come up with, Alice. I know. know. It's the only time I get to feel smart because I have the answers. Okay. Who wants to go first? Ladies first. Okay. All right, Diana. The word is fiduciary. Oh, F I D D U. She's looking at F- no, 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 at my <laughs> computer. Stop. F I D U C I A R Y. Yes, correct. Of course, a fiduciary in the way that we care about it the most is a financial advisor who is required to put clients' needs before his or her own. It's right. very important. Legally required, and you'd be surprised that many brokers, the folks at like the Merrill Lynch's and Morgan Stanley's, actually are not legally required mm-hmm. to put your interests first. Kind of crazy. It is crazy. Next word. Robert Brokamp, are you ready? I'm ready. Amortization. Uh. A-M-O-R-T-I-Z-A-T-I-O-N. Yay! Yay! That was good. Of course. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, of course, paying off, uh, it's basically amortization is paying off a debt with a fixed repayment schedule, such as a mortgage or a car. Right. Latin root root of mort, as in to kill your debt. Yep. There you go. Nice. Oh, Very yeah. nice. I always want to put Extra two M's on that. Extra credit to Robert Brokamp. <laughs> Thank you so very really? much. Really? Diana, you oh. better bring it. All right. Okay. Ready? Next word. Laissez-faire. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Okay. L-A-I-S-S-E-Z-F-A-I-R-E. Oh, really? I would have totally blown that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Of course, laissez-faire is used to describe an attitude or a policy of keeping the government out of your business, particularly the markets. Laissez-faire. Hands off. The root being you're too lazy to care. Just kidding. I made that up. Doesn't it just mean like hands off or something? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Which is why he gets a point taken away. Oh. There we go. (laughs) And we're... All right. This is... (laughs) I don't make the rules, Robert. (laughs) Diana does, obviously. (laughs) All right, the final word is, it's two words, but you can just spell the first one, promissory note. Okay, so it's P-R-O-M-I-S-S-A-R-Y-N-O-T-E. Oh, oh, O-R-Y. <laughs> that was my attempt at it. It is O-R-Y? It's O-R-Y. Uh, see, it was one of those ones that were, oh, burn. man. I'm so sorry, Robert. There are a couple of words Can you spell like, note? N-O-T-E, I did. K-N-O-N. Oh, man, Robert, if only Diana hadn't taken your extra credit (laughs) points away, this would have been 
tie. <laughs> I'm a vicious competitor. <laughs> but the win goes to Diana this time. Of course, a promissory note is a written promise by one party to another to pay a sum of money back either on demand or at a specific time. Promissory God. note. I thought it was a trick one anyways. Oh, well. Good yeah. job, you guys. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. That does it for this week. The show is edited tenderly by Rick Engdahl. <laughs> Theme music is composed and performed by Dayana Yoakum. You can reach us at answers at fool.com. Also, if you have time, please leave us a review and a rating on iTunes or Stitcher. We love your feedback. For Robert Brokamp and Dayana Yoakum, I'm Allison Southwick. Fool on. <laughs>